0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r/slash malicious compliance video. Today we've got a story of somebody getting punished for being 22 seconds late. But first, a story from Codigan. Sure thing boss, I'll follow the GPS. I drive a concrete truck, we deliver ready mix concrete throughout a fairly large area. Keep in mind, concrete has a shelf life of 90 minutes once water mixes with the cement. This is very important on spec jobs. Our company uses a routing and tracking system, I'll call the terrible system. If there's a good route or less than good route, it chooses the worst route of all routes possible. After working with it for a short time, this was noted. During training, new drivers are told to use it for the final part of route only. Problem is, every time one doesn't follow a route, an alert is sent to management. Early in using the terrible system, managers found a way to turn off these alerts. New manager starts. After a year, he brings up in meetings that drivers are not following terrible systems routing. Multiple times we tell him it gives us the worst and longest routes. He doesn't listen. After 6 months he drivers will be written up if we continue to not follow the terrible system routing. Drivers don't listen. A few days after this pronouncement, a fellow driver is written up. This is talked about. Cue malicious compliance. Next day on my second load I have a load to a location I had before. It's 15 miles east of the panned and then a 10 miles north leg. Following that route takes 45 minutes or less. We'd been going to this job site for three months by this time, and new Terrible System gave a much longer route. I was the first truck of four and noted on the radio that we needed to follow Terrible System's route as directed. Off I go. The route it takes me is southeast 13 miles, north on Interstate Highway 35 miles, including a chicken coop, a way station for non truck drivers. Trucks are chronically overweight for the interstate east through a large metro area for 20 miles followed by the last lake south of about 15 miles takes 125 minutes for me terrible system gave an estimated travel time of 140 minutes so i did well i arrive and i'm timed out rejected and that costs the company a thousand dollars for the concrete not to mention 20 gallons of fuel i burned second and third truck are the same Fourth truck was stopped at the chicken coop, and the company had a $500 fine. Customer is pissed, calls manager screaming. Manager asks to talk to me. I tell him we followed the terrible system routing as directed, and he can check that easily. The next day in the break room, there's a sign posted stating drivers are to use professional discretion in choosing the best/slash most expeditious route to jobs. If you were working at a place and doing your job fairly well, and you got a new manager that came in guns a blazing, and they said you have to follow the rulebook, which is going to slow you down heavily, would you want to fight it? Or would you be down to just play game and prove to them how terrible of an idea that is? Let me know which side of the compliance you would fall on in the comments down below. Our next story is from Weak Hero Fan. Translate German word for word? Okay going to preface this by saying I love my parents, but they do get on my nerves. My 23-year-old female family and I went on a trip to Europe, including Germany. My mother and I speak French pretty well, and my brother can kind of follow along. I can speak French and German, and lived in Germany for a while. I also have a German prepaid SIM card, I'm the only one with this. My father speaks no languages other than English. Sounds simple, we were mostly in French and German speaking areas, so... It shouldn't be a problem, right? When it was three of us agreeing in French-speaking areas, he wasn't so bad. But when we got to Germany, Menau, my love, I was pretty much the sole translator. Taking directions from his daughter didn't sit well with my dad, apparently, so he started buying maps and trying to use them to navigate. It didn't really work. He also didn't trust Google Maps, but to be honest, he's always fussy about that. One thing to note, where we were at, Constanz, is a lake and you travel by ferry everywhere. I was asking about how to get to one location, which ferry to take and all of that, and my father starts demanding translations from me. He doesn't think we need to take a boat, that we can drive, however mom doesn't want him driving in an unfamiliar country so he's already moody. Of course I'm paraphrasing and abridging what the info person's saying, but my father says that I need to translate exactly what's being said so he can get us on the right boat. I keep explaining and he's annoyed because I keep pausing to think and the German sentences are much longer. So he tells me again to just translate word for word. Here's the malicious compliance. The word order is different in German than English. The big thing being that any verb other than the conjugated one goes at the end. They also make very long sentences. So I start saying, the first ferry will at 2pm at dock 3 arriving B. At 2.30 will the next ferry arrive. The tickets of the fairies can over there bot B, but longer and more complex sentences my father can't keep up and just storms off for a minute to cool down just a minor story but i spent so many years practicing and learning german that it felt good to finally shove it into my more math and science based dad that what i did was complicated and sometimes i know what i'm doing better than he does i think the real annoying thing here is definitely just how hot-headed op's father can be I've dealt with people like that growing up and it's just no fun to deal with these people that are like control freaks or think only they can get something done and want you to give them all the information word for word and they get blown up and pissy over the smallest detail because you're not giving it exactly the way they want it and they think you should give it. After a while it feels like they're intentionally just getting mad because they enjoy it. Our next story is from Drawing The. Toxic stepfather demands an invitation to my birthday dinner, so I gave him a fake address. Hello, I, female 19, turn 20 here on Friday. My partner, male 19, has planned that me, my mom and her husband, and him and his family all go to Texas Roadhouse. It's my favorite place to eat, but since it's expensive, we only go sparingly. So, some background on my stepfather he's very controlling and narcissistic when it comes to his kids. Now, I live with my boyfriend in a large college town about 3 hours from my stepdad and when my mom asked about getting my sisters that weekend so they could come, he lost it. He's called me multiple times to try and guilt trip me into inviting him, his girlfriend and their 6 kids, excluding my sisters. I told him no at first because I don't want him there and I know he'll just cause a scene and make me miserable, but that was unacceptable. So after almost 3 weeks of this, I told him they could come. I gave them the time and address and told them I'd see them there. The only thing is I invited them to the wrong Texas Roadhouse by accident. Whoops. He hates to be bothered when it's his own time. Guess he'll find out the hard way. It probably makes me a jerk, but I feel like it was all I could do to make him stop. In my opinion, this guy isn't even OP's stepfather anymore, they're their mom's ex especially if there was no formal adopting going on and let's be real six kids of his own he's got enough kids to take care of anyways would you say that op was a jerk for misleading them and sending them to a totally different texas roadhouse or do you think it was totally justified considering how insistent this guy was let me know what you guys think in the comments down below by the way if you're enjoying these stories make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos every single video has awesome stories like our next one from stuck at work 271 you're a naval officer and we will show you the respect you deserve yes sir hello folks a while back i was stationed in pensacola florida as a trainee for learning to be an i.t for the navy every morning our class would meet at the end of a long stretch of walkway where we would march as a unit down to our classroom's building now this base is primarily manned by enlisted personnel for the uninitiated, we are the lower ranking personnel and when we encounter an officer, we are required to render a hand salute. Most officers that set foot on this space know that they are outnumbered 1, to one, and as such, tend to avoid the enlisted mob as not to draw unwanted attention as massive herds of people are forced to stop what they are doing, render a salute and greeting and you have to do the same. Cue our brand new lieutenant. For naming anonymity, and because I like Forrest Gump, I'll change his name to Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan was a jerk, and would regularly park his car near where we were forming up, stroll by our formation, and cuss out any of the new folks that didn't notice. One time his exact words were, I'm a naval officer, and you will show me the respect I deserve by rendering a hand salute. Swear to God, it was like he rehearsed this spiel in the mirror before showing up that morning. What Lieutenant Dan did not know is that us lowly enlisted folks are petty. What he also didn't know is that sometimes on rare days where it's too hot in North Florida to safely march in formation, we would all be allowed to walk ourselves home down the long half-mile stretch. Well one summer day, with maximum humidity and heat so hot you could fry an egg on concrete, we all were allowed to walk ourselves back to the barracks. As we were walking in the distance, my class sees the all too familiar stride of Lieutenant Dan coming our way. A plan is hatched as we begin spacing ourselves out several meters apart and marching one by one down towards him. I was one of the middle of the pack of folks and I got to see the look on his face as the first salute and polite good afternoon was rendered, followed by another as soon as his arm went down, then another. By the time he got to me, he was sweating. He even shouted at us you don't need to salute try as you might though our class decided that day that all 20 plus students in my class and a few others nearby would render him his proper salute during this sweltering half mile walk down the path i can't confirm this or not but apparently he was pretty pissed at the end cussing pretty loudly his uniform was all stained from sweat all i know is that from that moment on when we saw him park his car he would get out look at our class and walk well around our class out of hand salute range. Gotta love the military. If you've experienced Florida heat with the humidity on blast, the heat on blast, direct sunlight, you really do feel like you're an ice cube under a magnifying glass just getting blasted. So imagining being out there during the worst summer heat Having to go one by one, raising that hand up to your forehead, each person in this group going one by one. You would definitely be sweating quite a storm, and then you still have to take that half-mile walk up. And our final story of the day is from Chief Steward. Discipline me for being 22 seconds late without notice? Got it. Won't happen again. This happened several years ago, because it was some malicious compliance that lasted for years. My former employer uses a points-based system to track attendance. The parts of the policy relevant to this story are tardy with call in prior to the start of shift is half a point tardy with no call is one point accumulate enough points and you're fired there's a set of train tracks crossing the street that leads to this facility occasionally trains will stop while blocking this crossing if you're there in the last few minutes before you're supposed to clock in you have a decision to make wait or go around either way you might be late Sometimes you'll decide to go around and then the train clears the crossing and the folks who waited to get in before you. Sometimes you'll wait and watch through the gaps in the train cars as folks who went around pull into the parking lot while you're sitting idling at the blocked train crossing. To be clear, going around involves taking a lot of secondary country roads as well as a few field access roads. It's an extremely rural area, so you literally never know what kind of road conditions you're going to find along the way around. The roads may even be entirely unusable during the winter months where snow covers them. One night during my years on third shift, I was stopped these tracks and decided to wait. Eventually the train moved on, I raced into the parking lot, used my keycard to zip through the turnstiles and ran to the punch clock. My clock in time was 10.30pm. They have these biometric punch clocks that read your fingerprint to clock employees in and out. Sometimes these clocks will just not read your fingerprint. I got to the punch clock and it said 1030. I'm golden. It doesn't track seconds. I entered my employee ID number and placed my finger on the sensor. Three beeps failed read. Tried again. Three beeps. Tried once more. Three beeps. Nope, not trying again because by this time the clock was likely to take over to 1031 in the middle of reading my finger. When I got to my assigned work area, I told my team manager what happened. He said don't worry about it, he'd manually punch me in. I should have listened, but I'm a worrier. In the morning when the front office people started showing back up, I went to the attendance office to confirm that my situation was all good. The office administrator decided to check my gate time and use that as the determining factor. I scanned my key card at 10.30 and 22 seconds. That's a tardy no call one full attendance point to be issued. I reiterated that it was a train stopped on the tracks completely beyond my control. She advised me to either leave earlier and just wait an extra half an hour for my shift to start on the majority of days or else get a cell phone. I didn't have one at all back then to call in with from the road next time. Well, what I did instead was start calling in absent just in case something comes up after I leave home but before I arrive at work in the evenings before leaving for work. The first few days the attendant's office up front was just bemused. After weeks they became annoyed. After months they had apparently complained enough and I finally got told to stop. During the course of this conversation they revealed that calling in too early before the start of your shift made it extra challenging to make sure the notice gets to the right members of management because the message is no longer flagged as new by the time they're creating logs for the next shift. This was great news for me. From then on, every morning before leaving the premises at the end of my shift, I used one of their phones to call in absent for my next shift that evening. They tried to write me up for insubordination, but the labor union slapped it down, pointing out that the collective bargaining agreement specifies the time we must call in by, but does not specify a time before which call-ins may not be made. Cue the huge grin across my face. I never forgot that my team manager tried to do me a solid though. If I was actually going to be late or absent for some reason, I would call that TM's desk line directly to let them know. Even long after I finally got a cell phone, I continued doing this. I would just call in on my way home instead of sticking around to use their phones after my shift. Found out years and years later from some union reps that upper management never got over this. Drove them nuts that they got beat at their own game by something so simple. It didn't bring the walls crumbling down, but it was a persistent, enduring source of frustration and impotence for them. And it really, knowing you can manage all of that with just a 22 second phone call a day, that's the kind of thing that gets you out of bed in the evening. Honestly, I don't blame OP for being that upset, especially after getting a one full tardy point being, what, 22 seconds late? Imagine working any job and they say, no, sorry, you were 22 seconds late, that's a tardy no call. 22 seconds late, not even half a minute. Well, like OP said, they're going to take that 22 seconds every single day to make sure that they can't have that situation happen to them again. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to see another malicious compliance story that was even more insane than the ones in this video, click on the left video. Or, if you missed my latest video, click on the right. But with that said, I'll see you all again with some more stories.